You're listening to the Full Time Podcast with Matt, Alex, and Marcel. We're back for Group C now at the AFC Asian Cup, covered here on Full Time. I'm joined once again by Marcel Vood and Alex Yamus. How are we? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I'm um, excellent. You're, you're excellent. Of course you are. So Group C is a rather competitive one lined up with uh, a smoky in China facing South Korea alongside them, Kyrgyzstan, who are a bit of a smoky in, them, in, 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 the, sense of, uh, in the sense of sort of surprising us, I should say, and Sven Goran Eriksson's Philippines. There's quite a lot to cover in, in terms of them because I think uh, on paper they line up a certain way, but there's many a surprising element, including a, an, an English Premier League battle um, in this group coming up. So we'll start off with South Korea, who have been rather impressive in the calendar year of 2018, obviously beating Germany at the World Cup and uh, having a, a quite a good run um, domestically as well, and well, I should say continentally. Uh, it's... Their 14th Asian Cup, they have quite a history in this tournament. Um, they won the first ever Asian Cup in Hong Kong in 1956. So they, they, they know the tournament uh, from a historical perspective anyway. 53rd in the world, so behind Australia uh, and Iran as well. When it comes to South Korea, we all look at Song Hoon Min, but um, are, are there other elements of this team? I'll start off with you, Alex. Are there other elements of this team that really uh, surprise you? Um, well, it's not just Song Hoon Ming. You got um, guy from Newcastle. What's his name? Uh, he was from. He, play, he played a bit. His juniors in Australia too. Yeah. Um, Ki Song Young, the former Swansea player. You got Lee Chong Young as well, former Bolton man, currently playing with Robbie Cruz at Bochum. And as we saw in the friendly against the Socceroos a month or two ago, um, even when no star players won in that team, they can really give you a run for their money. So. These guys are one of the tournament favourites for me. One of the highlights that you're missing, and the reason I refer to them as the K-pop kids, um, colloquially, is because of Jong, Jo Hoong... Well, I, I, this is going to sound incredibly racist. Jo Hoong Woo, who was their um, goalkeeper at the World Cup. Do you, if you recall, he had the, he had the, uh, the, <laughs> the K-pop haircut, the folded over blonde hair. Looking, um, uh, looking a bit. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So he had, a, he had an incredible tournament, and he's one of many guys that are behind the scenes, as well as the guy who scored the goal against the soccer. Wong, I think his name was. So there's a lot of names to look out for, and obviously, uh, Paulo Bento is a bit of an underrated manager as well. They have a lot going in their favour, and uh, when it comes to this group, I think the the biggest drawback for them is probably the fact that. Um, there are very, very many, sorry, unknown elements to the three sides facing them. Marcel, I'll kick off with you. Um, out of Kyrgyzstan, the Philippines, and China, which side do you think is probably the most unsuspecting? Unsuspecting, I think, would be Philippines, mm. in the fact that they'll finish third in in this oh, okay. in in, the, in this squad. Now, Kazakhstani football. Now, this is going to be a really far-fetched uh, way of introducing this, but I have seen one game played by them as they were versing a team that I follow in Lebanon, Salam Zarte. They were one, I forgot the name of the team that they were playing against, um, and they I had to live stream it on my laptop to the TV. Mind you, it wasn't the best quality, because you, when you're streaming. Um, 
the football quality isn't the greatest there. It's very much park football. Um, Kyrgyzstan, I just, just can't to let you know, anything. Just to let you know before you say anything more insulting about Kyrgyzstan, one of our biggest fans, Shanen, is from Kyrgyzstan. So be, be wary to insult him. Oh, hey, how you going? Anyway. Um, <laughs> look, to be fair, look, I don't know much about Kyrgyzstani football, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't about well, Kyrgyzstani football. And, that, well, and that's probably a thing about them as well. It's just un, the unknown behind them that, who knows, they can uh, maybe, you know, um, cause, cause a bit of damage. Um, to be fair, I think Philippines will probably go, will finish third in the squad. Uh, I have seen them play a bit. They are developing. They have a few key players in their squad as well. The young husbands, if anyone knows who they are, they've been around almost seemingly forever. They're basically the, the backbones of the squad for the Philippines. And Neil Etheridge plays for Cardiff City. Everyone knows. Well, that, everyone that's knows what I was about to get to. Phil Younghusband is a Sunil Chetri-type player. Um, and people might think, again, we, we cover Group A, obviously, but people might think Chetri's a bit over it. I don't see why... Uh, young husband, Phil Young husband, more specifically, hasn't been seen in the same light. I mean, Phil Young husband is that old, and I don't want to say overrated because he's obviously experienced. He's obviously a, an experienced campaigner, but he's he's that he's seen as that much of a veteran that he actually was doing the draw. He was pulling the balls out of out of the um, the, the the little glass bowl um, at the draw. So if that's any indication of the kind of sort of veteran presence that he has. Um, which you know has its has its has its flaws in the sense that he might be a bit too old and a bit out of it, but it has its strengths and they will probably uh, teach a lot of these young players. Um, the, in the, only thing play that, the only I, thing I, that I would I, say, sorry to cut you off, that difference between say a Chetri and a young husband is that in the Philippine squad there's more around him, mm. around them I should say. Uh, uh, there is a one point. I was just going to oh, say, there is a particular Ian Ramsey. Ian Ramsey, Ian Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. Um, and I guess having Etheridge will, will, be a bit, will be like a massive factor for them as well. But I, that's yep. what I was pretty much just about to say. There is so much of a, of a veteran presence for all these unknown Southeastern, Southeast Asian players who the occasion will, will perhaps get to in that team. Young Husband has Etheridge assign him, and Sven Goran Eriksson is their manager now. Alex Wilding, a good friend of ours, good friend of the show, was saying to us, how much is he getting paid? Because why the fuck has Sven-Goran Eriksson decided to manage the Philippines? A fairly, a fairly good point. But um, on the other side of it, I think if we're not expecting anything from this team, we really should look at him and say, well, he's obviously someone that has, you know, an international name, an international profile. Why shouldn't we expect anything from them? Um, I still have them finishing in fourth with all of this being said. Um, it is actually their debut at the Asian Cup. They've never been to the Asian Cup before, and um, they've really struggled historically in the ASEAN Cup. But the names are there now, so perhaps the ASCALs can actually pull something um, you know, out of the hat and really surprise us all. I will get on to Kyrgyzstan now, um, not only for Shannon's benefit, but to teach you a bit of a lesson, Marcel, because I do rate them quite highly. Um, they are the definition of underrated. So the White Falcons, uh, as they're called have really, like, historically, as, 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 as it's been, not had, um, you know, any, any much of a, of a profile. But in the recent years, they've really decided, they've really built up a, a, a big football culture. And I think they benefit from the fact that a lot of their neighbours, um, a lot of their neighbours have a bit of a European influence, you know, because a lot of those countries 
the, the Stan countries have that Eastern European influence come through. Their manager, for example, is a Russian man who moved to Kyrgyzstan to to become a bit more of a football influence, and he's taken over the biggest club in Kyrgyzstan, uh, Dordoi, Bishkek, and then he's also taken over the international team. So FIFA style, he manages both Dordoi and the Kyrgyzstan national team. A uh, bit of a bit of a fun fact there, but um. They're, they're actually we talk about all of these these lower sides that are ranked um, you know in, in you know the triple digits in the hundreds maybe even the two hundreds in, in uh, Turkmenistan's case I believe but uh, they're ranked ninety first so if that if that's any indication that you should uh, that you're underrating them perhaps there's uh, something uh, lined up for you there <laughs> sorry I'm a bit, bit loose with my terminology here uh, so they have only lost uh, four times in 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 two years. They lost to Azerbaijan, who are probably better than them anyway. They, I think they actually lost to India, um, but it was it was sure. in April of it was in in April of 2017, I think. Um, they beat Syria, and we rate Syria. We know that we rate Syria because of what they came to Australia and did to us. So they have ability, Marcel. They have ability. Well, and... I'm going to correct myself here. Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to apologise because the team wasn't from Kyrgyzstan. It was actually Tajikistan. So, at the time. I just right. checked it up now. Right. So, well, that's lovely. Go um, to, uh, I, I, I profusely apologise. With, the, with all the strength of Manas, Manas being the, uh, the ancient hero of Kyrgyzstan, I believe that the White Falcons will have quite a successful campaign. And perhaps now having looked at this, um, and we'll, we'll get we'll get back onto the big dogs in a second. But now, having looked at this, I'm thinking that Group C might even be more competitive than Group A, which I at the time was thinking was the most competitive group in the competition. Now, the Philippines do have a lot to offer, whereas you know, um, perhaps India and, and Bahrain maybe don't. And uh, I think Group C will actually shape up to be quite exciting. Although your big dogs in Group C are far more powerful, so let's touch on them. Having do we do feel like we've covered Philippines and, and Kyrgyzstan enough? I don't think we'll go back to them a bit later. Well, oh, we will. Yeah. yeah, all right. We will if need be. So China, we know of the influence of President Xi Jinping and what he's done to fund football and improve the Chinese Super League. Uh, with that, these Chinese players, a lot of these local Chinese players have been playing with some serious talent, whether it be managers or players... And, and, and the likes. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we saw, we, we see, we've seen in the Champions League that Shanghai, SIPG, Guangzhou Everground have become like very, very good football clubs, very good institutions, and they have players like Hulk and, and Oscar running around for them. You know, it, it's saying something. Uh, so, so China are managed by Marcelo Lippi, who of course won the 2006 World Cup, and one of their unknown stars. Perhaps you have heard this name, but Shanghai Shenhua's Wu Lei. Does that name ring a bell? Yes, it does. It does. Okay. Well, there you go. He's one of the he's one of the many strikers that perhaps aren't as much of a household name, but uh, they're definitely going to offer something. And on on top of that, I think I think China are a bit of a smoky, in the sense that um, they've made they've made the, the quarterfinals in the round of sixteen on a bit of a run here. They also made the quarterfinals and then were knocked out by Australia in Brisbane, the Tim Cahill um, bicycle kick. We, we know the story there, but um, I guess. The 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 uh, the problem in terms of actually judging their performance is the fact that the draw's a bit messed up and I couldn't tell you who they're going to play next. Um, but I think they could actually get on a bit of a run. I've tipped them to make the quarterfinals. So what do you guys think of uh, Luigi Du's performance in Asia? We'll start off with you, Marcel. 
China, I've always referred to as the like, kind of like the sleeping giant of Asian football. Now, they've got plenty of talent, as you've just pointed out before. The Chinese Super League is coming leaps and bounds. And they're surrounded by quality players who, in effect, train or and educate the, the Chinese locals around them. Um, to this day, I still can't fathom why a country with such a huge populace, and even though football isn't the, the, the number one sport in China, in fact, it's, it is table tennis, that's a fun fact, um, they have, all, have everything going for them, but just for some reason, they just cannot click, they cannot produce, and they just can't go any further than the quarters. And like, um, But in this current generation, I think quarters... Maybe if they're lucky, they can get through and go past. But I just can't see them making the big dance at the end. Yeah, look, I, I, and again, I, I, I can't foresee the draw, so I can't actually see who they'll be playing against. Um, and the quarterfinals does have um, a disadvantage in the fact that there's going to be some really messed up, because of the messed up format, you're going to have a lot of um, p- possibilities of Saudi Arabia, Japan, Iran, uh, South Korea all facing each other in a bit of a, in, in, in a, bit of a block. Um, so it means that an average side could go through to the semi. So I guess, in one sense, China could find themselves getting thrashed by Saudi Arabia. But in the other, on the other side of that, they could be that one side that slips through. A lot of people are saying it'll be Iraq, interestingly enough. But I think China, I don't know, perhaps they can make that run. And perhaps even in the quarterfinal, they play a big dog. They play Iran, for example, and they go through, through and beat them anyway. So we've done China to death. Let's get on to the big boys again. I, I did try to talk about them earlier, but um, we'll actually just flick back to South Korea uh, again. So their biggest strength for me is the fact that uh, they haven't actually lost since the 2-1 game against Mexico. And as you pointed out earlier, Alex, they do have these young stars. They do have the depth. And then on top of that, you've got your Song Hoon Min's and your Ju... God, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong again. Your Ju Huang Wu's who are going to really provide that punch. So on top of that, having that all, having, having the form, the depth, and the stars all lined up, is it perhaps the only limitation, therefore, for Korea, the fact that they're playing in Arabian conditions? I mean, because I mean, seriously, they do look very bloody impressive. Um, Alex, I, I mean, you know, is, is, is there merit in thinking that uh, they are going to uh, flush straight ahead, regardless of how tough the group might be? Um, look, you can talk about the um, conditions in the Gulf, but I think every team that isn't from that region is going to have the same issues. So eventually when they... Look, I, I'm, I do think they'll come up against one of the big boys at some point because they, they do have one of the talents. But if they come up, let's say, against the Japan or someone in the quarter or semifinals, they're going to have that same issue as well. Mm. For me, um, just South Korea, are, their squad is the best depth in a tournament. I mean, yes, the yeah. squad has not been picked yet, but just all over the place, it's crazy. And remember, the bloke who scored against Australia, Huang Ju Ho, I'm pretty sure his name was, yes. Um, he plays in the J-League and he's absolutely tearing it up there. So another one to watch out for as well as some. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last thing I wanted to touch on, Alex. You actually had a point to make about uh, a Kyrgyzstani player that was playing in Poland? Uh, yes, the Kyrgyzstani uh, captain, Edgar Bernhardt. He's, plays, he's played um, in the top tier in Poland for Krakowia, 
and he's played for Wood as well in their last season before they got relegated. And he is someone to really look out for. He's currently playing second division for Tikchi. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. I don't know. That's a funny one in Poland. Who are a team who's coming second or third in the second division over there. And he's a defensive midfielder who could really be the spine of that team. Mm. Oh, well, a, a decent promotion race like that, you're definitely high on confidence. So he'll be flying over to the UAE, probably uh, built up with, you know, quite, quite a bit of confidence on his back. Because, you know, when you're flying in those leagues, there's there's really nothing to stop you. You really do play your best. Also on Kyrgyzstan, uh, I might as well just touch on it. Merlin Murchev, I probably pronounced that wrong. Sorry, Shannon. Uh, he has been in a fair bit of form for Dodoya, who I was mentioning before. And um, if you're in that kind of, uh, if you're in that kind of form up front, and uh, we're having this debate at the moment with guys like Taggart and Economides, can can you transition that as easily? Because uh, I'd be therefore fairly worried for the Philippines if Sven Goran Eriksson tries to play a bit more of a a bit more of a, a, a sort of all-out sort of style, and then you get the counter, and you get guys like Merchev who maybe they're tapping merchants, maybe they're not. Uh, I don't. Know, I, I haven't actually watched his watched his um watched you know his game. I just know that he's been scoring goals. So let's say for all extensive purposes, yeah, he is a, a bit of a tapping merchant. You should therefore be a bit worried, shouldn't you? I mean, you've got you've got uh, and Marcel, I'll put this to you. You've got you know that that kind of fluency of of sort of playing this one style of controlling the ball, trying to get it forward. And then if you're someone like Kyrgyzstan, on the, on the other hand, but you want to get the ball to Merchev as quickly as possible and you, you want to be scoring in that, in that way, right? Yeah, it's true. Um, look, I think the, the game between Kyrgyzstan and Philippines, even though it's not one of the glamorous ties of the, uh, of the, grand, of the round and even the entire you know, tournament, tournament, it's going yeah. to be a tricky one for them because, as we know, the third place... Still qualifies like in, in, into into the next round, albeit at a very much difficult route, but they still get to qualify. And I think the winner of Philippines and Kyrgyzstan in this game will be the person, the team that finishes in that third place. Now, I'm only just saying that Philippines are going to qualify in third, just only because, as I've mentioned before, I don't know too much about them, and the quality of the league, from what I'm reading, isn't particularly the best. But yeah. then again, they do but, have players that play internationally, play in Turkey, in Germany as well, and um, in Malaysia. So they can, um, you know, be a smoky here. And I think that if they do play to their strengths very well, they'll be able to outdo Philippines, and they'll probably finish in that third spot. But it's just very hard to tell. When it, when it comes to their weakness, I actually want to point this out, um, and I... <laughs> I do apologise for, for everyone listening for the lack of fluency, but um, I have it written on my notes. Uh, the Philippines League was only formed... Do you remember when, obviously, Seros Negros played... Uh, Brisbane Raw. Yes. And that infamous mm. game where the yes. numbers kept falling yes. off. The, the Filipino League is that young in terms of being, like, semi-professional... Oh, well, not semi-professional, but being of, like, a professional enough standard that Seros Negros are actually the only team that has ever won the Filipino League. It was formed in 2015. So I think they actually... The local players, at least, are actually having a, a fair amount of problems um, sort of, you know, developing into a bit of a professional standard. And, and, and with that comes... You know, hopefully, with with uh, Ericsson, with Young Husband, with Etheridge, they can they can sort of push that in, into these younger guys, into these you know more native players. But perhaps on the other side of that, they they might struggle. And then you you look at Kyrgyzstan, where 
the football is um, the football is you know it's it's been of a higher standard in terms of their national league. You've got a team like Dodoy who are very who are, are probably one of the the teams rising on the Asian scene. You've got Alex Kristinen who's had experience in Russia and other parts of Eastern Europe and is now obviously managing Dodoy, so he knows the players better. Whereas Ericsson is perhaps just there for the money and doesn't care as much about blooding the the younger Philippines players. I mean, that for me is probably the signing factor. But I will say there's more merit. Um, compared to Group A, where Marcel, you and I were arguing, arguing over India, I think there is definitely more fluency uh, in... Sorry, fluency. Uh, I think there's more merit in arguing that the Philippines can make it because of those bigger names, because those bigger names are massive names in the Philippines unit. So I think yeah. altogether, with China being a bit of a smoky, with South Korea being a premier side, with the Philippines and Kyrgyzstan both being slightly unknown but very exciting teams. I think we are in for the most competitive group, and that's me saying this twice now on the show, the most competitive group of the competition. Boys, uh, I think we're just about good to wrap it up on Group C. Is there any other comments, Alex or Matsu? Um, Just quickly touching on the Philippines as well, I think... They have enough players in their squad that has had that European experience that will should get them over the line against the Kyrgyzstan. And obviously the presence of Sven Goran Eriksson, it's it's going to be huge for them. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Alex there. Like, if you take back to when Australia qualified, you know, they played in the 2006 World Cup, we had the same kind of situation with Gusitti. You know, he it's a he, uh, Sven, Sven Goran Eriksson is a tournament manager, so he's just here to win the tournament. Whereas there is merit in blooding the younger players for Kazakhstan, that's fine, but this isn't the time to blood, this is the time to win. Can I can I compare, I, 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 just on the comparison of that, because the National Leagues would have been in the same system, the A-League had just been formed and the Philippines... Yes, exactly, that is the year old, that, I think the A-League would have been a year old at that exactly. point. It's actually pretty much the same situation, but here's where I would say that they're different. We had European talent. We had guys that were week in, week out, not playing in the in the, in the the NSL or the A-League. We have a lot more of that talent than this Philippine side do now. They, they rely on a lot, of their, a lot of their native players to fill up numbers, right? So the second there's an injury or the second there's any sort of dispute or, or a lack of confidence or someone's not on form, the guys that might come in to fill that or if you try to play through the form, that just ends up being more of a problem. And uh, I think the Philippines will really struggle when if something if one thing goes wrong, and I think it will reflect the way uh, reflect on the way that they play. If one thing goes wrong, they will really struggle to recover it. They're going. Ericsson will play an all-out style with them, and if they if they try to just go all out, then they're going to have problems defensively in transition, and they're also going to have problems, you know, trying to figure out what's wrong. I think there will only be Plan A, and I could easily see it going wrong in this group, but. I could talk about this forever, as we always say on the show, Marcel, you and I are quite passionate people. Yes, we um, are. Group C is going to be a banger. So, yeah, listen out for, for, for Group D in the next episode. I think that just about wraps us up. Um, so, yeah, that's that's it coming from, uh, from Group C. The Asian Cup is not far away now. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys.